Well, a lot has happened the last few days since we talked. USC trying to get Aiden Childs into their program. Also, Harlan Barnett no longer with the program. We got some roster movement. We've kept some key guys from the portal. And then, yes, Jeremy Fear is out for the rest of the season, most likely after getting shot in his hometown. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, and right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you guys so much for spending some of your holiday week with us here at Locked on Spartans. I hope it was a great Christmas, or hey, if you're celebrating other holidays like Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I, I hope it's just been a fantastic holiday season for all. All of you so far. Now, yesterday, with our guy Scott Tolanin of Spartans Avenue, we did a nice little fun episode. I like I like to think all episodes are fun, but we really juiced it up for that one yesterday. That was pre-recorded. Okay, a little peek behind the curtain. That that was that was before everything with Jeremy Fears came out, before Aiden Childs, before Harlan Barnett came out. So we missed all that on yesterday's show. So here we are. We're going to catch up, talk about everything that's happened the last few days in East Lansing because, man, there's never a dull moment in East Lansing, quite clearly, even over the holidays. We're going to kick things off with football here. And, yes, we're going to talk about that story that on three started to break. And then the fine folks at Spartans Illustrated picked it up, added their two cents as well. 24-7 did as well. And my goodness gracious, this was quite the start to the holiday festivities here because the rumblings came out that, ha <laughs> over there in Southern California, Lincoln Riley with his back kind of against the wall. That was certainly not the season they thought that they would have over there in the Trojan Nation. He's trying to get a little uh, maybe desperate here for the quarterbacks, you know? And he tried to, or maybe even actively trying to get Aiden Childs into USC. And that's right, that's Aiden Childs. That is the number one quarterback per 24-7 sports in the transfer portal. And yes, as you guys know, that's our sweet child. That, that's, that's our Aiden Childs. That's the guy who committed to Michigan State. But even after that, that didn't stop Lincoln Riley from trying to get his dirty little hands on Aiden Childs. Now, like I said, Spartans Illustrated, they chimed in on this as well. Our guy Ryan O'Blennis does great work over at Spartans Illustrated. He had this to say on the message board over at Spartans Illustrated. I've been told that the Childs, sorry, I've been told that Childs has been respectful about taking calls from other coaches and would listen, but that Jonathan Smith is, quote, his guy and, quote, his person. Childs wants to play for Smith. Ryan O'Blennis, he also did a great feature piece on Aiden Childs, talked to both the parents. And really, when you read that story, and those quotes, you do believe it. And I know that may sound naive because, hey, parents and kids can say one thing and do the complete opposite in the world of college football. But they did bring up problems with traveling, weather, kid across the country playing. But yet, it is all about the person connection. And let's not Let's not kid ourselves here. I mean, there was a nice little NIL package for Aiden Childs to come to Michigan State as well. But not one that USC couldn't match, right? I mean, USC, they got a little bit of coin down there that they can spend. So right now, yes, you could have taken this news three ways, okay? Because I, I think I took it all three ways at some point. You can think, oh, crap. 
oh my God, just when we think that things are going really well in the football program, um, this happens. And great, yeah, he is going to leave Michigan State for USC. And oh my God, this is terrible. The sky's falling. Or number two, if you're the optimistic sort of person, you can think, hey, hey, Lincoln Riley likes our quarterback so much that he's trying to pry him away even after he committed. Because hey, Lincoln Riley is a lot of things. Yeah, you can say a lot of mad, mean, just kind of correct things about Lincoln Riley, too. That was a very underwhelming season with a lot of talent down there in L.A. But um, there's one thing he has going for him. He, he, he can identify a quarterback. So, hey, if he's trying to pry Aiden Childs away, that makes me as a Michigan State fan feel nice, warm, and fuzzy about that. Or the third way you could take that is some combination of those two. Panic at the start. And then, hey, kind of being flattered that, okay, well, it seems like we have the right guy here. But then you read all the reports coming out from Ryan O'Blennis, of course, and then 24-7 Sports all over. It seems like the dust had settled, that nothing imminent is going to happen, or that nothing even will happen with Childs going to USC. But, man, whew. I'll tell you, I caught wind of the Childs and USC thing like right before going to my parents' house to kick off the Christmas festivities, and oh, I had to do some lying to my father when it was brought up that, hey, Hayden Childs and USC, I just heard about this. Are you worried about this? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But deep down inside, oh my God, yeah, I am. I'm terrified, but no. After a few hours go by, the stories start coming out, and you really start to realize, okay, Aiden actually well, committed to Michigan State, not just for NIL, but also for playing for the guy he committed to out of high school in Jonathan Smith. You get a little calmer, okay? Now, of course, nothing is 100% final yet. He is supposed to arrive to Michigan State January 4th and then start classes on January 8th, but I cannot stress enough, and I will knock on wood, because we jinx things on this show. I will knock on wood again for good measure. Things are looking okay right now, all right? It's nothing to be alarmed of. But, hey, it is certainly a noteworthy story that, well, hey, that big program, kind of from Aiden Child's hometown-ish, same state, you know, close enough, that's, that's, that's worth talking about. But, yeah, so that's what you miss, guys, if uh, you were off the grid over the holidays. Lucky you to miss the heart attack of that story. Now let's flip it over to things that are not a heart attack at all, actually. There's no drama around these two announcements. And it is the returns of Jerron Glover and Montori Foster coming back to the wide receiver room here in East Lansing. We're going to start with Jerron Glover, who last year, 14 catches, 261 yards, no touchdowns but only played in a handful of games. Like, he, I don't even think he played half the season. Now, this was an interesting dip in the transfer portal because, just like I said, 14 catches, 200-some yards. Not a lot of highlight tape out there to throw to other teams. But yet, uh, Georgia, yes, that Georgia, the one who are the Bulldogs that are a perennial powerhouse, they had Jerron Glover in for an official visit during this cycle. And guys, uh, after that visit to Athens, Georgia, he still takes his name out of the portal and commits, recommits, or comes back, whatever you want to call it, to Michigan State. Like that's that's a that's a win in its own right. And I understand that that may have been a little strange to see him pose down in Georgia with all those cool photos that they do for the official visits and wondering like, hold on, Jerron Glover wasn't he like wide receiver five this year? <laughs> what is he doing down there? But I went back to an interview that me and my buddy Justin Thin, all right, we do some work on the SD4L show as well. And in the offseason, we're chatting with Christian Phillips, Big Dooley Phillips. And one of the questions was in the offseason, hey, who's lighting it up at practice right now? And immediately, without skipping a beat, Christian Phillips said, Jerron, 
Jerron Glover. Like, he is the guy that's making all the highlight plays in practice. Now, of course, we didn't see that materialize this season. One, because of injury. Two, okay, you're going to need a good quarterback to throw these guys the ball, and I don't know if we saw that last year. And three, hey, how about just a competent offense, too? You know, coaching could be pretty cool one of these days. We never got to see it last year, but if there is some shades of that and the rumblings from the offseason were correct, and hey, maybe... There's enough practice tape that he sent to teams like Georgia that they raised an eyebrow at. But look, this is this is a good this is a good reget for Michigan State is what we will call it. Also, Montori Foster, the leading receiver from last year, 43 catches, 576 yards, and three touchdowns. Again, those are all the best or tied for the best on the team. He announced his return to East Lansing as well for his final year of eligibility. So now, right now, in the wide receiver room, you have Jerron Glover, Montori Foster, Antonio Gates Jr., Nick Marsh, Jack Velling, the transfer, another transfer, and TJ Sheffield. And then also in the run game, too, well, Nate Carter, you also have uh, Berger coming back as well. And you lose only Malik Carr. And yes, I know that he essentially single-handedly won that Indiana game, but you guys know my opinions if you've heard this show before. I, it was an underwhelming year from Malik Carr, and if we haven't seen it by now on a consistent basis, will we ever? And then you also lose Trey Mosley, who announced his intentions to enter the NFL draft. Tyrell Henry, he commits to Wisconsin. And then Christian Fitzpatrick still in the portal as well. But quite bluntly, guys, of those guys named, and I know God, I, I, Trey Mosley, one of my favorite Spartans of all time, Mr. Reliable is what we nicknamed him. Uh, tough, tough senior year for him. What I'm trying to get at here is that I don't know if there's going to be much drop-off from last season. If we see Jerron get more of a wide receiver two role, or hey, maybe even wide receiver one, it's going to be a good battle with Montori Foster. I... I think there is reason to believe that the offense isn't going to lose a step as far as skill position goes. Now, hey, what I'm not going to do is call them the reincarnant of the 2019 LSU team. All right, this is not the Urban Meyer Ohio State offenses. That's not what I'm saying. But right now, for this new regime, the tool chest that they have the skill positions right now isn't a drop-off from last year. So you could take some solace in that. We're going to get to some more football news here in a hot second, including Harlan Barnett. But first, I need to talk all your ears off about Fan Duel Sportsbook. Gang, as the weather gets colder and the season gets older as we approach playoffs, the NFL offers stay white hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, just take a peek at this weekend's slate of NFL games. You don't have to lay the points. You don't have to fiddle with the point spread. Just take the money line of whatever team that you like the most. And if that bet wins, that is $150 in bonus bets. It is that simple. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, it is clear there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use with the wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, the same game parlays, the same game parlays plus... I mean, go ahead, put a dollar on a multi-game first-time touchdown score, and payout could be in the thousands. That is a great way to kick off your NFL Saturdays or Sundays this weekend. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Also, if you want to roar into 2024 with the best sign out there, TeamTicker.com is where you have to be. Gang, 
this team ticker sign behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, you already know what it is. If it's uh, on the podcast you're listening to this, this is like, hey, a countdown to kickoff sign that you see at a bar or your buddy's basement, except it's juiced up with 900 times more steroids. This has schedules. This has AP polls. This has stats. This has weather forecast. This has everything going on in East Lansing, updated daily on a sign that you could probably display in your, again, man cave, your garage, your bathroom, your kitchen, wherever you want to throw this team ticker sign, it's going to look great. And best of all, they got two designs for Michigan State fans over at teamticker.com. Either this uh, Sparty logo or just the classic Spartan helmet logo. They got you hooked up at teamticker.com. So when you go there, use promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word, LOCKEDON, and receive $50 off your purchase. Again, that's code LOCKEDON for $50 off at teamticker.com. All right, so some other football news that we have to get to. Or I guess news that hasn't really happened yet as well. Like, again, we are still waiting to see what Jacoby Winman is going to do. Keep your eyes peeled on that. Or Derek Harmon. There are whispers that, hey, he could announce that he's coming back to Michigan State or deciding to go to Ohio State. Like, there is the rumors like that. But also, really quick, there were some other departures as well. There's Quavion Carter, linebacker. He enters the transfer portal. Not going to spend too much time on that. Not a lot of tape for him in East Lansing. But also, hey, in addition to the team as well, Juan Snaper, Caden Schickel, who, same high school as Jonathan Kim. He is a Juan Snapper transfer from James Madison. And, hey, that's right, Jonathan Smith won a Big Ten recruiting battle because, well, Coach Signetti over at Indiana, the former James Madison coach, he tried to get his Lawn Snapper to follow him to Bloomington, but aha! Now he actually came to Michigan State there. So there is a roster addition as well. Now, of course, we also have two more assistant coaches to fill out, but we did learn before Christmas that one of them will not be Harlan Barnett coming back. Even though it looked like that, hey, he would be coming back, or maybe we just even assumed that he would be coming back because, well, the guy's been in East Lansing for... Two decades at this point, whether it's playing or coaching, but no, he is not going to stay with Michigan State any longer. This is from a Lansing State Journal piece, so just want to credit them before reading off these next two uh, lines here. After 20 football seasons at Michigan State, five as a player and 15 as a coach, my time is up, Harlan Barnett said. It's time for me to move on. I'm looking for opportunities at other programs, be it college or the NFL. I'm excited about it. It's time, close quote. Also, Barnett told Sorry, Barnett said Smith told him earlier this week that they were looking at three other candidates for the open position to coach the secondary, and that was enough for Barnett to know that he wasn't their guy. So, was it Barnett seeing, hey, I'm not the shoe-in guy for this like I did my time here. I was the interim coach. I've been here forever, and the fact that you're even looking at different candidates is enough to upset me and leave. Was it that, or was it, hey, okay, well, I see the writing on the wall. I'm not the guy immediately. You're already interviewing two other guys. I, I'll, I'll just pack my bags and leave, and we'll make this cordial. That I don't know. I, I had a really hard time reading between the lines on that. I, I just do hope... God, this might sound naive. Like I, I do hope it's a good split. Like I do hope that it's no bad blood between him and Michigan State, a program that he spent, again, two decades of his life at. But we'll, we'll see. Um, look, my thoughts on Harlan Barnett not returning. I, I, first and foremost... Look, we'll do this whole sauna dance again. We did this a lot during the season. Uh, I wish him well. I wish him nothing but the best. It is not lost with me how 
S-H-I, you could fill in the blank E, of a situation that was that he took over here last season in East Lansing. It was a no-win situation. And unfortunately, well, he did his best to make it even more not win by some of the decisions they made uh, as a coaching staff that was well-headed up by him. But regardless, hey... Just because he wasn't a great interim coach doesn't mean he's not a great person, and that's all you hear about Harlan Barnett is just how highly respected he is with the players, how well-liked he is within the program, the donors, this, this. People have a really hard time finding anything bad to say about Harlan Barnett, the person. But it's time to go, guys. Uh, I, I, God, this, this sucks. This sucks. We, we did this all during the season where, like, I talk about how how much respect I have for Harlan Barnett, how bad of a situation that was, but also piling on some straight talk after uh, saying those cute little things that I would because it's time. It's time to go. Like, I. Okay, the best arguments I've heard, the best arguments I've heard for him staying at East Lansing. He said, hey, well, I, he, he's a Spartan. You know, he's been here for a while. He he is Michigan State. You know, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I got, my my grandma has had season tickets for Michigan State for decades. Like, I, can she coach the secondary? I, like, just because you've been here for a very long time doesn't necessarily give you the right to just keep on coming back, especially here's where we're going to get at when you aren't producing results. Okay? Hey, it's one thing for Tom Izzo over there at Breslin Center to be here for decades at a time. That's because he's still generating wins, all right? Some good recruiting classes as well. Some good fortune for Michigan State here. Whereas, uh, guys, ever since Barnett came back, you know, after his little jaunt down at Florida State, which, by the way, was two years of not great defensive coordinating for the Seminole program. They gave up more than 400 yards per game when he did his stint down there. Ever since he came back, okay, uh, what do you what do you coach again, Harlan? Oh, the secondary? Oh, the, oh, the unit that has been famously horrible since 2021. I look, I not not to pile dirt on the guy's grave here, but um. What exactly has been going on the last few years with his unit? And I get it. Look, it, it was uh, it was uh, <laughs> not fun the last few months, and maybe he was owed this job to stick around. But God, uh, like under what? I I guess why? Like why do we want continuity here? Like that's another argument I heard too. It's like oh well, at least uh, he's your source of continuity. You know, he he could be the shepherd from the old era into this new era. Why? Like, wh- what part of the last era, and even, I'm not even talking Justin Mel Tucker era, even the last few years of the Mark D'Antonio era, dating back to 2018? I mean, God, save for one season where K9 saved us and brought us to the Peach Bowl. Can, can someone point to me what part of the last six years you exactly want to carry over through a secondary coach into the next regime? So, no, again. I hope he's happy. I, I, I hope it's all in good terms. I, I hope that he uh, still has some Michigan State clothing in his closet. I hope he lands at a good situation. Again, whether it be college or NFL, but just I, just, just why? I, I, I don't. It, I, this is not an argument I've heard a lot, but I've heard it a few times. Is um, Well, hey, he, he was a great coach for the Rose Bowl team. <clears throat> hey guys, uh, that was uh, that was ten years ago. I just, just want to fill everyone in right now. That was a smooth decade ago. All right, those days 
are over. Uh, Trey Wayne's Dark Quest Denard, they're not even in the NFL anymore. Like, that's how long it has been since he's coached a competent unit here in East Lansing. So, no, just keeping the guy just for goodwill or just because it's the right thing to do. Honestly, that's what I expected was going to happen. I just thought that that was <laughs> the inevitable. But I guess credit to Jonathan Smith. Again, we don't know if this was his way of saying that, no, you're actually excused from here, or if it was going to be a legitimate three-horse race for this job. I, I, I guess I guess credit Jonathan Smith, Smith for making things his way here. So, yeah, that's my take on the whole Harlan Barnett thing. Do I feel right about it? No. No, I feel a little dirty about it. It, it brings me no joy. But, um, look, it is what it is, guys. There, there wasn't anything over the last few months or, really, the last few years that really has me just champing at the bit to uh, keep him around. So, there we go. All right, let's switch it up to the basketball court because, unfortunately, uh, something off the basketball court has kind of, well, uh, derailed the season for one player and is going to cause a hiccup for Michigan State here on the court. You guys know the news by now. It's Jeremy Fears went back to his hometown, Joliet, just outside of Chicago uh, for a few days over holiday break and shot. All right, shot in the leg, his left leg, which I believe is his dominant leg too. We'll get to more of how this will impact him on the court here in a little bit. But I, like, what what else can you say other than just like horrible, right? Uh, terrible. And sure, like it comes out that oh my god, shot at three in the morning. And I know that there are a few Michigan Twitter accounts that want you to believe that you know he was gang banging on the streets at three in the morning, or you know, jacking cars, or you know, hey. <laughs> Maybe even driving around armed to the teeth in school zones with bullets rolling around his back seat. But no, guys, he was just hanging out with friends in high school, playing cards, uh, cleaning up after a get-together, his father, Jeremy Sr., said. But I, how many how many times have we been in that situation, guys? I, 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 I have literally lost count the amount of times I've been up that late playing cards, whether it be, hey, I'm going to visit my friends from high school. I'm home from college. This is going to be great. I... Yeah, and then someone walks in, dressed in all black ski masks, just starts shooting everywhere, shooting the fridge, shooting the TV, and unfortunately shooting two people as well. Jeremy is one of them. So, look, and this is this is a really weird comment to say, but it is true. Like, it, almost fortunate it ended the way it did. And I will let Jeremy Sr. take it away. This is from IlliniGuys.com. Uh, they spoke with Jeremy Sr. They've had a long relationship with him during his recruitment, so they got a lot of good information on this story here. But why we say it's kind of fortunate is uh, because, well, Jeremy Sr. said, quote, when my son was hit, he knew it was his leg, which according to doctors, he's very lucky the bullet didn't go right or left or it could have hit an artery. All right, I'm going to pause here from the quote. God, you probably know this by now. I'm not that bright of a person. I don't have a medical degree, okay? But the very few things I do know about the human body is that if that femoral artery, that artery that runs through your leg gets hit, uh, it, it could very well be ball game for you. Like that, that, that is it for you. Again, I could be very wrong, but if there's one thing I know is that you don't want that giant artery in the leg to be hit, or this could have been a tragic, tragic ending. Anyway, back to the quote. But Jeremy, in pain himself, immediately applied applied pressure to the girl's wound and started to care for her and tried to tell her help was coming and she would be okay. He found something to put on her stomach to try and stop the bleeding. I don't know where he learned that, but I'm proud of my boy, Fears Sr. said. Also went on to say, quote, I want to thank everyone who reached out to family 
family, the Michigan State staff, and the players, along with Coach Tom Izzo, who put his family holiday plans on hold to try to be here with us as well. Also gave a shout-out to the Illinois basketball program as well. I'm sure they heard plenty from them as well. So, look, the thought process as you're getting this news, right, a little before Christmas is... Um, you're just thrilled that it's not life-threatening, and he is going to be okay. It was a three-hour surgery the following morning. I believe he is already discharged from the hospital, but based on everything that Jeremy Fierce Sr. said, he's in good spirits. He's his normal self, uh, attitude and personality-wise, but man, um, for me... Now, this is, th th is going to change for everyone. For some people, it was 20 seconds. For some people, it was 20 hours. For me, it was about 20 minutes after hearing the news... And realize, okay, that's that's great. He's okay. That's a horrible situation. I hope everyone in the house is okay. I hope everyone can find peace with the situation at some point in their life. Because what a terrifying situation that was. But then 20 minutes passed by for me. And then it really, it really just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh, oh crap. Um, This is going to really screw up uh, MSU's season on the court. Now, does that make me a terrible person for getting to that point in about 20 minutes? Yeah, it very well could, but uh, I think it's very clear that, well, my relationship with Michigan State sports is not at a healthy place, so yes, I did think about how this impacts Michigan State within the half hour. Again, some people got there in 20 seconds, some people maybe not even until the next day if you are a well-adjusted person, but for me, I, I was just like, oh my god, oh, oh yeah, this, oh crap, like, this sucks for, like, the team on the court too. Uh-oh, because how long is this going to take to recover? Because, thank God, it missed the artery, right? Okay, because, again, could be a very, very different situation right now. But I also know, too, thanks to my sophomore year high school anatomy class, there is a crap ton, and this is how they classify to medical journals, there's a crap ton of muscles and ligaments and tendons in your leg. And when you are a high-flying basketball player, an explosive guard like Jeremy Fears, Will you use some of those in your legs? So what is that going to impact? Is this like broke? Is the muscle ever going to fully repair? Will he ever get back to 100% Jeremy Fears? And also, not even just medically, but what he's going to miss in the Big Ten season coming up the last three months of the year, that's big development. Like that, that is some big, big developmental months that he is going to miss out on further into his career. Again, want to make this clear. I'm going to interject again. This is not the main storyline here for Jeremy Fears. Like, it, it, this is such a second-place runner-up finish to the fact that he is okay. All right? But, like, we have to talk about it, though. Because, um, Also, like, how will this impact his play and how will it impact the team? Now, Jeremy Fears so far, no, he's not, like, a scoring threat at this point in his career. Uh, there's only four games where he scored more than four points. But, man, if you see him... You're seeing a really good facilitator of this offense, a guy that could push the tempo on offense. He's already had a game with 10 assists already on the season, very active with the ball, and a solid defender as well, too. So, hey, uh, how about this for some real hard-hitting analysis? Uh, anytime you're missing a point guard, whether he's the starter, the backup, or the third guy, not good. Not good for your team that is about to get throttled into conference play here in a hot second after this Indiana State game. So, yes, this will up the time for Trey. Uh, Trey Holloman, of course, obviously, who's had a solid year so far. But also, I do wonder how many minutes Tyson Walker will be logging at point guard now, which we saw not a great deal last year, but a, a good enough amount of time where, hey, I mean, Tyson started to get a little comfortable in that position late in the year. So I, it's just, uh, 
just sucks all around, especially because, like, the reason why it happened. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, it's, for, for me, yes, you do worry about the lineups. You do worry about, okay, well, what does this mean? Okay, Trey's going to get more run. Is he going to be built for that? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's just, like, the, the three months of development that he's going to miss by missing three months of Big Ten basketball here. So, there you have it. There's the, the Jeremy Fear story. God, it's just... Sucks, but again, glad he's okay. Um, next up for Michigan State basketball this Saturday, 2 p.m. Indiana State coming to town. They are 11 and one, and I, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to acknowledge that yes, that that's a scary team coming to Breslin Center. I don't think that this is the team that Tom Izzo signed up for when he invited Indiana State up. Um, 11 and one. Okay, but here's the thing: I, I can get myself freaked out about a game against oh I don't know um, Bay City High School. Okay, so, like, for me to get panicked about a game, like, this is nothing special. What I will try to do, though, is calm everyone down from thinking that this is going to be, like, James Madison 2.0 or an automatic loss. Again, I will knock on wood here. But Indiana State, while they are 11-1, and while they are a great shooting team, like, one of the best shooting teams in the country, they've only faced one team that is not a quad three or a quad four opponent, and that was Alabama, who they played earlier this year, and lost that game 102 to 80. So, yes, it's 11 and 1. Indiana State, great shooting team, and shooting can travel. We'll see really how well that does, but hey, no is on there. It's going to be not as bad of an atmosphere as you usually would get as an opponent at uh, Breslin Center, but. They really haven't played a lot of teams, guys. So I, I do, like, if, if this is one of the things that's keeping you up at night during this week, Indiana State, hopefully I just bought a few more minutes of sleep for you right there because it, those 11 wins, the high school down the road from you could probably win four or five of those games. So that's, uh, we're going to leave things right there. All right, gang, uh, we're going to be diving into the mailbag here in a little bit the next few shows. So if you have any questions, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to hit us up. Thank you guys so much. And again, hope you are enjoying your holiday season. Thanks for spending a little bit of it with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in Green and White five days a week. Love you all. Go Green.